here we go. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Hear Me Out Though. My name is Gippy. I am joined today by my partner, Sobukwe. Don't say it like that. Sobuk. Thank you. Today, I want to kick it off by reading a thread that I found uh, just randomly scrolling through my Instagram, posted by somebody else on Twitter, but you know how it goes. It starts from Twitter and then gets all the way back to Instagram. So anyway, this is like a 19 tweet thread. So you're going to read like 19 yes. tweets. Yes. But they're really good. Okay, so these are tweets that were tweeted out by someone by the name of King Solomon. His handle is at Suli Breaks. I hope I said that right. So he starts off this thread by saying, and I quote, Yesterday I received a message from a guy going through an issue in his marriage. I'm only human, so I scrolled through his page as I read his message. It's always the same tragedy. Relationships falling apart in my DMs with happy family picture-perfect profile pages, smiling partners, anniversary messages, dinner dates, pictures of children, everything is good over here. I don't blame them. Society needs us to believe that couples don't fight. Divorce announcements with extended essay captions get posted right after the holiday pictures with no context. Quote, we broke up. YouTube titles get millions of hits and shocked reaction videos. Even after my well-articulated viral marriage threads, I still fight with my wife. Fights happen in every relationship. We fight with people we love. Parents, siblings, and friends. Days overwhelm you. Life frustrates you and emotions will lead your logic into a confrontation. Me and my wife fought yesterday over, I can't even remember, welcome to married life. Fights happen in a marriage a lot. Anger and love are both selfish emotions that battle for your attention. Sometimes it's due to a lack of communication. Sometimes it's forgetting to buy dishwasher tablets or misplacing the remote. Differences of opinions, misunderstood intentions, unresolved trauma. Fights in marriage range from deep-rooted parental issues to it's not that deep at all. To preserve your marriage, you must realize that even in anger, there are rules of engagement. Fights in a marriage should revolve around two important questions. What are we fighting about? How are we fighting about it? The first question does not belong to you. It belongs to time and healing, sometimes the wisdom of experienced others. It may belong to your therapist. The second question is the responsibility of you and your partner. How we fight is sometimes more important than what we are fighting about. An argument over forgotten dinner plans at the in-laws can end with my bad or it can end with a slammed door, keys in the car, and a three-hour disappearance without communication. Option A or option B, there is no correct answer, but both responses lead to different outcomes. How my wife and I fight impacts how we heal. The how impacts the response. Argument resolutions are like trips to the titians. The same image distorts depending on the lens you you used to view it 
It isn't corny to resolve a fight with a paragraph of messages. It's worse to let the dispute marinate in bitterness until the aftertaste stains your love. Seconds of anger can conclude in lifetimes of pain. Marriage is the decision to take a deep breath before every hurtful word or spiteful action. Some words can never be taken back. In arguments where emotions spray in all directions, some actions may evaporate, but the scent remains in the air, forming dark clouds of regret. In marriage, you will inevitably fight. My wife did not marry Gandhi, and she is no saint, but we have learned that in a heated battle of egos, you can leave the door open for forgiveness. I fight with my wife, but these are fights rooted in love. Love may sometimes borrow from anger to get its point across, but love should never lean into violence and hate. Punching mirrors, kicking down televisions, and violent tantrums are for children who can't control their emotions. Marriage is a test of maturity, and if you cannot manage your emotions without lashing out, don't drag someone else into your mess. Some work needs to be done internally before you project it externally. Failing students should revise, not become lecturers. When you can comprehend what deeply hurts another person, bringing hate into an argument is cruelty. It's a boxing match against an injured opponent. Your punches target insecurities and your jabs open past wounds. Love hurts and love can scar, but arguments rooted in hate cause a marriage to bleed. Wounds invisible to the outside world that leaves a marriage hemorrhaging on the inside. We fight the ones we love because sometimes that is love. Love is emotion, it's passion, it's reckless, but it is also insecure and must be protected from itself. Trading moments of anger for years of commitment, love, and trust is never worth it. What do you think? I mean, you could lead. I read it, so I already have my own like take on it. And, and of course, I agree with a lot of things that he's saying. I may not phrase them in the same way. Like, love is selfish. I don't know. Maybe, right? Love is selfish. Anger is selfish. Sure, maybe. But I'm not 100% sold on that particular one. I read four or five of them when you posted. I was like, ah, here we go. This is one of those situations of those threads, man. It, it started, it, it, for me in that moment, it almost felt like it's going to be like a motivational speech. You know how I feel about some of those. But it's as you're reading it now, I'm like, oh, smack, actually. It was full of substantial things that makes sense for the most part for sure i mean the thing that definitely caught my attention was the second tweet where he's speaking about something that we comment about all the time which is yo people be posting their spouses meantime you're there like you know the background information of what's going on possibly sometimes in that relationship and you know it's absolute chaos in there so there's that thing of it's not correlating I think maybe let's break that part of it down. 
What do you think it is about people who are in relationships who fight and then turn around and post on social media very, very happy pictures of them and their spouse or their families, you know, stuff like that. What do you think? What's your what's your take? Why do you think that is a response that we see a lot of people have? Because it's still like it's still very important for people to be to be socially happy. It's it's definitely just for optics. To and, appear to be happy yeah, yeah. socially. That's enough. You want to appear as happy. Socially you need to be that happy couple. Socially you need to be that perfect couple. Socially you need to be that couple goals scenario you know and people know you guys and they're like oh no look at you guys you guys look so cute together and when you when you think about the contrast as a person for all some people when they think about the contrast of that especially when not when some sometimes people experience them from very short moments and it's when they're okay and they barely hear about or see those parts that are difficult or the challenges or the realities of those relationships they still have to maintain that. You know, and some people are legit just really holding on to the visual the visual elements of their relationship socially. And that's really what it is. And it's enough. You know, for some people it's enough. It's like just having a dose of something that at least I have this. You know what I'm saying? For some people it's like At least I have the optics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. how people this is people that live on that frequency. It's like people that are people that are not okay. People that are depressed, but it's like, at least I'm still getting likes on social media. But internally, they're not okay. At least I'm still getting comments after I posted a picture of me doing something in my house or doing, maybe I posted a selfie, but you're smiling for Instagram. But internally, whatever like is happening in your life in that moment doesn't necessarily reflect in that moment, like with that picture. That's really what it is. That's what it is. Like, it's as simple as that for me. I get it. And because we've seen so much of it over the years, right? You Perfect example. Someone who's depressed and going through anxiety, whatever, and posts all these like happy, smiling pictures yeah. on whatever their socials are. That's how people commit it. suicide. That's how I won't. Understand. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's so, what it so is. That, no, that's my thing. I understand it. And I think a lot of us can because we have seen it happen in, in various forms, whether it's with a couple, whether it's with a person that's having a personal experience that's tough. I want to understand the psychology behind it. You get what I'm saying? I don't know. Is that reverse projection? What is that? Is that you projecting what you wish you were internally? Like, I, I just want to get psychologically what would get me to that place? Because there is no way that if you and I fight, I'm going to be going on social media and posting like happy pictures. Those happy pictures make me mad in that moment. I don't want to see pictures of us. Do you get what I'm saying? I'm being a bit dramatic, but I don't have that thing psychologically of then wanting to project the direct opposite of what my experience is. Okay. This is a thing with also people from my, my, my observation. A lot of the times people don't take the time to fully acknowledge what they, or at least really dive into where they are in their lives, whether internally, personally, with their parents, with the, with their wives, with their uncles, with whoever, what, even if it's like you alone, right? So a lot of the times you find that people suppress the realities or at least suppress what it, whatever it is, is the resulting feeling of being in a circumstance or situation that in that moment is not necessarily cultivating positive energy and emotional experiences internally, right? Mm. So the psychology of that is as, very, is as basic as 
they suppress whatever it is that they're actually feeling and go to the extreme ends of expressing what they wish for as opposed to dealing with what it is exactly that they're experiencing. Okay. So you're saying I am suppressing whatever I'm experiencing emotionally. Yeah. And instead I am projecting via this, the posts and the whatever on social media, what it is that I wish that I could get to. Which is the extreme end of it. Which is the opposite of what I'm feeling. And I do that maybe to some small degree because I am unwilling or don't know how to do the work internally to get me to this place that I am projecting externally. Is that what you're saying? Okay. For me, I think the most critical thing is the part where King Solomon talks about there are two very important questions in a fight in any relationship, but particularly here, he's talking about marriages what are we fighting about? And more importantly, number two for me, how are we fighting about it, right? That's the crux right there for me, you know? And the reason I wanted to, to talk about kind of fighting in couples is the fact that we have recently just come out of, I won't say it's a fight, right? What we call it personally is disconnections, just moments where... You know, we miss each other or something happens, there's tension or there's whatever that causes us to fall out of synchronicity. And so, as I said before, I I like talking about things that are topical to me, like things that I'm experiencing or just coming out of experiencing. And so that's why I wanted to talk about this thing. Because also in the midst of us fighting, right, then I came across this tweet. I'm currently reading, what is the name of that book? The Celestine Prophecy. And I don't believe in coincidences. I'm just reading that book. It has a lot to do with all of these topics, but there are no coincidences. So when I came across this this thread, it kind of got me to a place of, I don't know, I won't say calm because I think we were both very calm when it happened or going through the process of trying to get back to center. And it is true. It is true. I was reflecting back on our relationship and the fact that this is the greatest relationship that I've ever been in. But at the same time, even when we are on a high of highs, we could have a whole month go by where we're just vibing. It's all great. It's all laughs. It's all jokes. It's all love and intimacy, whatever. And the smallest thing will happen that, kind of jolts us out of that space and into that uncomfortable space of disconnecting. And it used to really, really frustrate us in the beginning because it's just like, but why in the midst of all this greatness in this honeymoon period, why are we going back to disconnecting, right? And I feel like with a lot of couples or with a lot of people in general, people tend to shy away from actually going in there and being uncomfortable and really talking things through and trying to break it down, trying to understand it, communicating their feelings, all of the stuff that we talk about, internal work, but with your partner. People really shy away from that and then don't actually get the reward of what is on the other side of the disconnect. Because I found with us, every time we disconnect, On the other end of it, we get closer 
we understand each other a little bit more. I understand what I potentially was doing wrong. You understand the same. We understand what each other's triggers are and, and that creates greater intimacy, right? So my whole thing about these disconnections or fights, because we're talking about this guy's tweets, is that they actually help your relationship if you are willing to be uncomfortable enough in that moment to go in head first and actually talk about how you feel. Don't suppress it. Go ahead and have the difficult conversations. And I think a lot of us shy away from having the difficult conversations because we also shy away from... Our own important internal difficult conversations. We shy away from being accountable. We shy away from being accountable a lot. And this is why in all the conversations that we have of this nature, it's always going to keep coming back to that same fundamental foundation. You have to be doing the work. You have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable with yourself. You have to be comfortable with exploring all the positive and all the negative aspects of yourself and be accountable. Learn how to reflect. I mean broken record but these are the tools that will first of all make you a more complete person and once you are a complete person then you can have relationships that are healthier hopefully if you're having it with another complete person or another person who is on that journey of wholeness and you know getting into the process of internal work yeah that was a statement. That wasn't like... You can yeah. add on. I'm sure I missed some really important parts. Sometimes people are really afraid to go into themselves. And it's as simple as that. We are very good at suppressing. Even outside of our relationships. There's people that are very good at suppressing things that hurt them. We walk around with these pins that we walk on that we think we've hidden away. And... That's where it comes in the issue of triggers that we spoke about in the last episode. Also, I think black people generally don't have a culture of talking. Mm. No matter what it is that is killing you internally, we're taught to have the great, some of the reflectors of great masculinity or masculine aptitude is the inability to feel, the inability to experience things and speak on them. And also the capacity to not speak on your feelings, to not get touched at all, to be cold Mm. to whatever degree. So culturally, we've already been conditioned, both men and women. Women hold the knife in the sharp end. Yeah. Men don't cry. Yeah. I think uh, before you go too far, I, I, I also want to... I want to build on the point that you just made, right? So the women are the receivers of the trauma and all the negativity and all of the world's weight. And the man seemingly has all the luxury, right? But I want to expand on that and say, knowing what we know now, right? And having the types of conversations that we're having. Is it really true to say that when a man is inflicting whatever on a woman, let's just say negativity, and that could take the form of whatever, whether he's cheating, whether it's abuse, whether whatever, Emotional or physical. Focus is, even when the man is the inflictor, he is also the victim. And the thing is, it's costing him something. But we, again, are in a society where... 
you're not supposed to say, right? We're not, we don't speak on it. So he has convinced himself or men collectively have convinced themselves that even these negative things that they put on women don't affect them and that they enjoy them. And that that's what it is. That's high male aptitude. When in reality, that couldn't be further from the truth. They're actually doing a lot of damage to self okay. and they don't know how to navigate even, that. You understand? Okay. This is, this is my other thing that I was leading to. Sometimes men get abused. So the direct end of men being abused connected to what culturally has, has been conditioned for men to be, you know, orientated as, as far as their emotional or whatever internal space and their inner working, the inner workings of their beings mm. is to suppress it. Even if mm. you have a disrespectful wife that could beat you, mm. women abuse men emotionally. Some do abuse them even physically, but the emotional abuse that women put on men is insane so when you have someone like a man that is also now there's this door that's locked for him to kind of walk out of of having that emotional outburst that is actually healthy it's going to sometimes come in come out in those passive aggressive ways where you know they beat their women and blah 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 blah. then also speaking on the chain of probably traumas and blah 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 Mm. but my point is not there my point is at suppressing. Mm. There are certain things that culturally have been given to us and our tradition mm. and our, our inheritance, philosophies that to this in this day's context are not healthy. Suppressing things is dangerous. Mm. Whether it's with yourself and things that are hurting you is extremely dangerous. You understand what I'm saying? Mm. And it could hurt you and kind of in turn make you hurt other people. It's as simple as that. And then again, in terms of accountability, if you're speaking on relationship, people are afraid to take accountability. You understand? That's like human nature. So there's the general thing of people really just generally being afraid to take accountability. And then sometimes you bring in the dynamic of how was that communicated, which brings in the issue of I felt attacked and therefore I was defensive. If you take that away, the general things that people always try to defend themselves are not one to take accountability mm. for hurting other people mm. because it's hard to take accountability for having hurt someone else. Yeah. So it's these different variables that exist in all of us because another thing is we will never accept that we've hurt other people. Mm. It is absolutely possible to break someone's heart without your intention. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It's the same as something that is not necessarily of weight or value to you could be gold to someone. For sure. The direct opposite of that is that what you think is a small thing that you didn't do or that you did has potentially hurt someone like that. It's like, I, this doesn't even make sense. Then your mind also automatically starts generating ways to yeah, protect you're itself. Rejecting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it doesn't make sense to you. Yeah. I really was about to, to talk about intention when you were speaking about accountability because I feel like those two things are are married or they're directly proportional in some way in that a lot of times it's difficult, I would imagine, for people and myself a lot of times to take accountability if you did not intend on hurting someone. And to reiterate, I think unless you're some kind of monster person, right? 
90% of the times that we hurt the people who are in relationships with us, whether it's romantic or not, it's without the intention of doing so. You get what I mean? It, wasn't, it goes without saying. Yeah, I wasn't trying to be malicious. I wasn't trying to hurt you. And because you have that thing of, I wasn't trying to do it, you almost want to step away from the accountability. And we talk about that all the time where it's like, at some point, the intention does not matter. It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. Whatever you were planning or not planning, whether it was something that just happened without or even you were doing something good you were doing something good and somebody took it the wrong way you cannot let that then take away from your experience of having to take accountability for that thing and you saying that wasn't my intention doesn't make the other that's person not, feel better that's, that's not you taking accountability that's not a shield that's you also. going hey hey man i i hey i didn't plan on doing that so if you're hurt that's on you. You get what I'm saying? And and that's something that I think a lot of us struggle with. A lot of us struggle, including myself sometimes. We struggle with just letting go of the thing of that wasn't my intention or that's not what I was trying to do. Stop that thing and just say, listen, that's my bad. I'm so sorry. Because you know even I mean? like, you know where it goes? It goes to, I can't be held accountable for how you're feeling. Because I didn't intend to hurt you. It's like, I cannot take accountability right now, outright, for what you're feeling right now. I cannot, you cannot put that on me. What you're feeling? It's all your fault, bruv. Like, you're touched, you're touched, you're touched. And in getting now, and footy and easy. It goes back to what you were asking me. I feel like that thing is might might be the ground of this whole conversation on where it should open and close because it has the potential to go to many very variable directions. Yeah. It's why do people pretend that they're okay when they're not? Because it's the extreme end of what they wish for. That is the contrasting feeling of what they're experiencing mm. internally. That's mm. what it is. Mm. You take it the next to the next step. What you have then is the question of why do people get to that place? How do people get to that place? Because they suppress. People suppress. Mm. Whether mm. it's internally, it's just your general life issues. But deal with you being a weird person. Deal with the fact that you're lazy. Deal with the fact that you're also a douche, bruv. Sometimes. Deal with the fact that you're not a perfect person. Because everybody has this interesting idea or weird warped idea of the, how perfect they are. And how they are either always right or you're always the protagonist yeah. of your story. You're you, never the villain. You are the steady, not the handbrake. You understand what I'm saying? Ha! So... <laughs> It's like that. You understand what I'm For saying? Sure. You're never going to be the villain in your story. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when roles change, when you have to realize, oh my God, today the script was written for me and I was the one that was doing the afflicting. Mm. I wasn't doing the saving. Mm. Then it's like, ah, no. It doesn't fit the script. It doesn't fit the narrative. It doesn't fit. who I am. Exactly. I'm not that person. It's not a... I'm not that person. I'm not a herder. Let's go herder. <laughs> You understand what I'm saying? So it's, it becomes, yeah. so it gets to that stage where it's like, now, even the things that are supposed to be yours, reflection, taking mm. time to interrogate how you behave, interrogating things that you're like procrastinator, interrogate why you procrastinate, try to deal with that. Mm. 
interrogate your traumas and how you deal with the relationships that you've had in your past, in your present, your current, your yet to happen experiences and your experiences with your parents, with your siblings, with your mom, with your dad, with your auntie, with your uncle. Sure. Even without any triggers, it, even before you get the triggers, yeah. try to think about those things. But obviously triggers are very good. But that's where you're like, ah, tr- ah triggers good? Yes, triggers are very good because mm. they expose the things that you still have to deal with. Mm. And you know what triggers are? Triggers are signals of things that you've been suppressing. Mm. That's what I'm saying. Mm. <laughs> triggers are th- signals of things that you've been suppressing. Okay. So okay. You, mo- you move forward from that. What you then have is why do people shy away from accountability? Why do you not reflect? Yeah. Even with yourself, it's already hard for you to do it. Unprovoked. Yo, I'm about to go left. I'm about to go left. I'm about to go left. You're going to have to catch me. Okay. Mm. To go back a little bit. Right? Yeah, yeah. You were saying how in these fights sometimes and low-key i feel like this is going back to our own fight because not our, a fight but like our disconnect like a lot of what we're saying we literally just experienced and the part, so that arguably subconsciously this we're is we're still like having a, the thing yeah yeah it's we're a projection it it's a weird projection <laughs> I, I hate it guys she's projecting she's really proje- she's projecting but jesus this christ is, this is again why i say for me it's better and it's more authentic for me it feels more authentic if i'm talking about something that i've just experienced you get what i'm unprepped. saying unprepped unprepped because those are the lit combos let's be real Ooh. but you said something about i can't take accountability for your feelings right and now and i hear that right i have two questions for you number one should i be accountable for somebody else's feelings should i be a co- and this has nothing to do with the fight but i'm just saying if we're breaking it down is somebody else accountable for your feelings that's number one two are you accountable for your own feelings again to clarify i'm not speaking necessarily on what our experience okay was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm saying in general, general sharp i guess and and the reason i i don't want to ask the question and answer my own question no right? no don't ask don't answer it yeah the reason i'm saying that ne is because, of course, there is some accountability that anyone who has hurt someone else has to take. But is that necessarily the same thing as taking accountability for the feelings, right? Because I can be hurt in the sense that I'm jealous, right? That's a, that's a form of hurt. Or I can be hurt in the form of, Something else. You can, there, there are many different ways in which you can be hurt, right? Don't say many ways. Go into them the same way you made an example of jealous. Any emotion that is not a positive emotion can be a form of hurt to you, yeah, right? Yeah. And so my thing is, hurt is a general statement mm-hmm. or is a general state of being. And mm-hmm. there's specifics to how I am hurt. I don't think that that's the same thing as the feeling. So what I'm saying to clarify is if I made you envious and you were hurt in that way, right? I can take accountability. Maybe that's a bad example, but okay, let's keep going and see where the metaphor fails. I can take accountability for the fact that what I am doing is hurting you or has hurt you. I cannot, however, take accountability of the emotion or the feeling, yeah, envy. 
Okay, this that is one is not my sharp. Party. Okay, let me show you something quickly. Okay. With envy, jealousy, mm-hmm. these are fundamentally same as. And this is outside the context, like a bit layered. Even outside of context of a relationship, a intimate. Mm. That person is not necessarily doing anything intentionally at all. Pulling out the keywords. Whatever they're doing is good. Mm. That's why your envy and jealousy are triggered by sometimes those things in the context of not so, you know, intimate relationships, right? Mm. Then you now add the second layer. Intimate relationships. If right now I'm jealous of you chatting with someone or you jealous with me chatting with someone for a particular moment, mm. I have to respect you immediately and say, okay, this person is not happy about this dialogue is going on for too long. Mm. You're, I'm jealous of you chatting to someone, right? You're responsible for that feeling in this sense. That action... You're as an I am responsible for Yes, you, my partner. Okay. Who's making me jealous. Okay. There's a part of you that will take accountability for that because it's happening that day. Now, but I am talking to a yeah, dude. Yeah, you're talking to a dude and it's going on for too long. Shop. And I'm starting to feel weird. Yeah. Then you take that, you remove the elements of other human beings mm. involved. Mm. You take us. An action or inaction that has context, full-blown context, mm. that happens and is an action or an inaction by you. That is related to me. Mm. That ultimately hurts me. Mm. I wouldn't have felt that thing had you done or not done that thing. Yes. Whether you are aware of it or so, not aware of intention, it. I don't care. Is not the, yeah. And the also another thing I realized. Sometimes as a person saying yes I take accountability and sometimes going away to think about how am I accountable for this thing and just show eagerness to say, I am with you where you are fully and not resisting. Jump out of yourself and being where the other person is, regardless of how minuscule the reason for that hurt for your action in action. Therein comes in the issue of the Captain America shield that you use of I wasn't intending to do it. Sure. You understand what I'm saying? Sure. You remove all your strongholds and all your fears to be accountable. You stop being defensive. If it's taking the shots, take the shots. If it's feeling the way I'm feeling in that moment, feel the way I'm feeling in that moment. It's very temporary. It is the direct equivalent of me not doing the work internally when I have to be reflecting. It's a dark place. It's not comfortable. It's what you just said now. You need to be comfortable with what? With being uncomfortable. So if I'm putting you, and that's also what you're saying, like in relationships when there's like, ah, disconnections or arguments or fights, people sometimes shy away from those disconnections. They shy away from the uncomfortable conversations. This is like something, I I don't remember quite, I was watching like a documentary on Kobe, right? He says the way he accepts new people into the team, he establishes uncomfortability. With new people because that's the gateway for that intimacy. Right. When they start playing together yeah. on the court. Yeah, I hear that. You understand what I'm saying? I hear that. So now, I take it a step further. When you now start listening to this thing of, yeah, but I didn't hurt you, blah, blah. You realize that you could shortcut this whole process by just taking the shots. 
the same way it's like an uncomfortable moment that doesn't last forever and just remember damn the reward at the other end of this conversation or discomfort is insane but sometimes we prolong it by having those back and forth which sometimes are not necessary now to the last part of it if you've done something didn't do something consciously unconsciously and the direct result of that is someone being hurt at a scale that you fail to comprehend to then say i cannot be held accountable for your emotions for something that i didn't intend to do that's what i'm saying but okay then who should be accountable because you're the you're the source okay yeah i i hear this hopefully like i i'm with you here's my thing right i completely agree with that and and Again, to reiterate, almost all the time, unless you are a complete psychopath, your intention is not to hurt the other person. But the other person can get hurt anyway, from action or inaction, from something being done or being neglected. These are things that happen, right? Right. Now, my thing is, you say, take the shots. I agree with you. Take the shots. At some point when you are taking shots, and I like the phrasing of take the shots, you're saying take the shots, whether you understand it or you don't. And I agree with that. Here's just sidebar a little bit. When someone comes to you and says, you hurt me, you may or may not understand. The correct thing to do in response is to apologize and to take accountability. I have a, and we have a particular formula of apology, which I think works the best. The apology of, I'm sorry, full stop, for me, is not necessarily the most effective apology. But that's because not, I could uh, is just, that our process? No. Oh, okay. And that's oh, what I'm no, saying. Oh, no, you're explaining. Now I'm explaining the formula oh, okay, for okay. us that works of apology. Oh, okay, okay, Right? Okay. The formula that works, because when you say, I'm sorry, it's just like I'm deading the thing. Okay, sorry. Pepe hair. August is. Even I'm, though sometimes it's not pepe hair. Just saying sorry sometimes doesn't. Also, it doesn't. It's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. Wait, let me finish. It's not enough because what? It's not giving me nuance. It's not giving me. I know what I did or I fully appreciate and understand what I did. And therefore I understand how I hurt you in that way. There we go. You understand? So the sorry in as much as it is important at the beginning when someone says, Hey, you hurt me. You're supposed to say sorry, but also don't just say pepe. Hey, show me with your apology. Why are you saying pepe? Exactly. If I say, I'm sorry, I have to show understanding i have to show that i appreciate emotionally what this did to you and i i am aware of it and the fact that it was wrong and therefore i take accountability that's the formula that works first of all acknowledging that you are sorry and second of all going into depth and showing with the details and showing understanding of the details of what that hurt did to that person. Correct? Correct. Now, herein comes the problem with that formula, which for me is the winning formula. It's a two-part formula. Number one, giving the apology. Number two is going into detail about understanding the hurt that the other person is feeling. Here is the problem with that thing initially when the person says, you hurt me. 
when you tell me that I hurt you, on some level, I have to understand. If it's a simple thing like, yo, you were talking to a dude and that made me uncomfortable. Easy. I get what happened here. So my apology will be, ah, babe, I'm sorry. I didn't realize I was talking to that guy for that long. I'm sure that makes you feel away. And honestly, my bad. That's my bad. Let's, I'm sorry. I get now, if it's something a little bit more complex, which is what you're alluding to, which is the, even if you don't understand, now we're getting to the apology that you have to give when you don't understand the hurt that you have inflicted on another person. If I don't understand the hurt that I have inflicted, it's going to be just pay hey, just to squash it. Because when you tell me in that moment, in as much as it would be nice for me to just say sorry. But I'm not going to be able to say sorry with nuance. All I can say is sorry. And then I have to take a step back and go reflect and go understand. And, and maybe somewhere I have to ask a few questions. What is it about this particular thing that made you upset? At which point? You know what I mean? And that's where we get into the area of back and forth. And it becomes quote unquote a fight. You get what I'm saying? So my thing with taking shots is... In the beginning, when you're hearing it, it already is a shot that I have hurt you. It's already a shot from there because that might have not been my intention. It always hurts me or it always makes me feel very uncomfortable when I find out that I've hurt my partner, my sibling, whoever I'm in a relationship with because that's never my intention, right? So I'm already on the back foot. So then I continue to take the shots. At some point, it just feels like, but hold on, am I... A crash test dummy? Am I target practice? What's going on? And it's human nature to want to then speak up for yourself and be like, hey, wait, no. Oh, this is. But at that moment when I'm like, mm, wait, mm, maybe not. You as the person that is hurt is not ready to hear that. All you're ready to, to receive is someone who is going, yes, yes, I'm sorry. Well, this is a Nike, okay? So that thing is, 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 is a very... I don't know. It's, it's a tight rope to walk. Okay, this is my thing. It's a tight walk. Let me let me just finish. It's, it's, it's a really tight rope to walk. And for me to then get to the place and for us to get to the place where the apology that I'm going to give you is genuine, is the winning formula. And for us to be able to then pass that point and get to resolution where we are now just in the space of, yo, everybody's taking accountability for their things, la, 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 la. For that to be possible, we have to get through the rigmarole of the back and forth. And herein is where it becomes very, very tricky. Because that point of back and forth, that's where I feel communication is the most important thing. How you are receiving and communicating as the herter is important. But also how you are communicating as the person who has been hurt is important. I did a um uh, an Insta video a while ago on conflict resolution. And again, you spoke on empathy, but empathy works both ways. And there's nothing harder than being empathetic as the, the victim of the hurt. There's nothing that is a bigger challenge than that. And I personally have, have, had, have had this as a major challenge for me, where when I am hurt, I want when I communicate that hurt to the person who has hurt me, to, to give them the exact same feeling back that they gave. Tenfold, bruv. 
you get me and that thing is probably one of the most toxic things because as you've said and as we've had in our conversation the intention was never to hurt you you are hurt now and that's bad but the intention was never to hurt you that's why the intention we take it with a grain of salt come on come on i'm wrapping it up so the intention only comes in there for you as the hurt person just as a reminder yahoo but this person was not being malicious and now on top of me being hurt i still have to also swallow that hurt and communicate with this person empathetically because i know that their intention wasn't to hurt me regardless of whether i'm hurt or not i'm now hurt but that wasn't the intention and therefore when i communicate my hurt my intention shouldn't be to hurt that person my intention as the hurt person shouldn't be to try to take this feeling and make you feel it or make you feel it tenfold so the communication at the back and forth portion after you've told me or after i've told you that i'm hurt you trying to then understand the type of hurt that whole communication and 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 me trying to maybe see and understand what you're saying the communication then becomes critical at that point because if it goes left then the whole thing can go left to the point where now we're having a whole different fight about the fact that yeah i made you jealous but the way that you told me that i'm making you jealous now you embarrass me in front of the whole party bro now it's like i look like it's a mess you get what i'm saying so now the argument is about the fact that you embarrass me at the party when the initial thing was but you're hurting me by doing this thing of talking to another dude do you get what i'm saying and now we have two separate arguments and now we're going to have to address this one of how you communicated it and where you communicated it before we even get back to the thing of but initially the thing was you were talking to a dude do you get what i'm saying so for me at that point after the hurt has been expressed the the trying to get to an understanding is the critical point where communication has to be on lock and from there then the proper proper apology and the dissecting of the thing can happen and then only then is the promise land there which is resolution greater intimacy but that thing is a process okay this is my thing that i can i can for for everybody that's listening and for just for general my opinion mm because that's this is me this is how I do it when i've heard someone i am jesus bruv i deserve to be crucified i deserve to be nailed on the cross i deserve to be beat down i deserve to be have like a thorn of a crown of thorns on my head if i'm hurt i don't think about your intentions because it's also first of all it's not even a question because i know you would never do anything of that nature to me sure i know it like it's not even a thing it's not a conversation right it's not a conversation i know you'd never do that because why i know i would never do that you understand what i'm saying yeah so on your side i don't understand why you should actually like it's going down a vibration below the moment you start mentioning things like Ha, but it wasn't my intention. That's a vibration below. You're accessing sure. things you should try to. You're already access, you're looking for things, you're looking for a way out. Mm, you understand what I'm saying? Mm, mm. Given that 
delivery. We spoke like this thread is saying. We spoke. We just spoke about it now. It's like, what is it? Are we talking about? What are we fighting about? What are we fighting about? And how are we fighting about it? Yeah. What is it? It doesn't matter what it is. That's my thing. Doesn't matter. That's my thing. It doesn't matter. And this is pushing you to the utmost, deepest level of empathy. The moment it goes back to that thing was now, how deep can your accountability go? How far, how deep is your cup of accountability? Mm. Because some people don't have it at all. It's very shallow. Mm. The moment you start putting drops in, it's already, ah, you really start, people start throwing up. Mm. You want to know how you carve that hole. It's not even only about accountability. It's about empathy. It's about sympathy. It's about sensitivity. That thing of spending time alone and reflecting, it's like a mine. You keep carving it and going lower and lower and lower and lower and lower. So sometimes it's not even about how. It's about the person themselves and how deep their accountability cup is. For sure. For sure. Also, the what can come in the context of also being how heavy that thing is, which could then dictate how long we take discussing something. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm, mm. So for me, what? I don't care. Why do we fight him? I don't care. So it's it's that progression in the in, in taking, like not being afraid to go back to that dark place and saying, what was that? Why did I feel that way? Why did you do that thing when I did this thing? What was it a chain reaction of? Where did it start for you? Now it actually started when you walked in and I was like, why, why like that? Because sometimes I'm coming in with something that has triggered me outside of the relationship mm. and I project it and you catch it. The moment you catch it, you don't even want to inquire. You're already close. Mm. Mm. That's where, we, that's always been our cycle. Mm. Like I get triggered by something outside or inside our relationship. Mm. But anything that can temper with my energy outside and I bring it in, you catch it mm. and you close. Mm. Anything that you get tempered with outside, you bring it, I catch it and I close. Mm. So then it becomes like a back and forth of not wanting to be open. It's like... Yeah, it's when the, one is being open, the other is closed. The, the, one the one is closed, closed the other is open. Like it was a mess. So now look yeah. at this thing. That's the beginning of it. Mm. It's musty and it's whatever. Mm. Do you know what the other end of it is? The cross. For sure. The other end of it is the cross. For sure. Take all of it. It doesn't matter what it is. Take all of it and just take it Take it in. Take it in. Take it in. And when it's done, calm down. Go sit down. Think about it and come back and say, Mm-mm. yeah, sure. Also, the energy should be convincing. Because also energy mm, is another thing. It's never going to lie. The energy will convince me that this person is actually comprehending what I'm saying. But the moment is that once you reach your threshold, depending on one, how something is delivered to you, Mm. two, what it is, you're already there, right? Mm. How is a bit more powerful than what, right? But what is significant in certain areas? Yes. That could also dictate how quick someone's cup feels or how long it takes to resolve the issue, right? Right. But it's not really about the what. Because it could literally be something. It could be anything. It could be nothing. It It could could be be a look. Exactly. Yeah. So now, when looking at this thing, why should I be now crucified for something that I... The moment you start vibrating at 
I, 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 I. You're already at your threshold. Yeah. Of accountability. Yeah. You're already there. Absolutely. You've already started tapping into, I need to start fighting back. Mm. I need to start defending myself. Mm. Then you start saying hurtful stuff. Consciously, unconsciously. Mm. Okay. So now, Mm. my thing is, when there is that environment of conflict, there's so many variables Mm. which lead one is like how you spoke, which is super important. Yeah. You as the person that's the victim, 100% need to be super empathetic of the person that you're speaking to, which is something that people have never heard of. Yeah. It is human nature if you feel attacked, whether it's justified or unjustified, worse when you're trying to figure out what you've done to defend yourself. It is absolutely human nature. Yeah. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's the other end of it. Yeah. It's like, now when I move into what I would feel like is a space of almost like concluding is fundamentally, I would even go as far as scraping off the how. Hmm. Do you know what that would be the direct reflection of? How deep that accountability cup is, bruv. So you're saying you're removing the what and you're removing the how and all that's left is accountability? Is that what you're saying? What I'm saying is, imagine you remove the how. Already all these principles that govern us as humans of empathy, sensitivity, sympathy, love, patience, long-suffering, when all those things are at play at their fullest and that's your general disposition, what you have left now is the disposition of accountability, the disposition of empathy, the disposition of sympathy, the disposition of sensitivity to whatever it is that's going on. Is it fair? Maybe that's where like love is weird and selfish sometimes. That's the part that maybe is, is not the best and is not easy to understand i don't think i don't think i fully understand what you're saying i think please just say that in a different way okay what i'm saying is i understand that we remove the what Mm. we move to the how Mm. the how will affect a person but sometimes it's not even about the how even if someone has communicated in a way that's calm and not attacking Because your accountability cup is so shallow, you will automatically start defending yourself. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Even if it's nothing and I'm not even like, I'm calm. Yeah. I'm in my, the moment I start saying, yo, you heard me, your cup is full. Yeah. Before you hear what it is, it doesn't matter. Even if my tone is like super low, yo, I really didn't like this. And this, this, and this, and this happened as opposed to, yeah, one of that thing that we in Zile yesterday, blah, 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 blah. Mm. And you start defending yourself. Mm. Some people from the get, from the jump, they start defending themselves when they hear, yeah, I hurt you when I didn't intend to do it already. Mm. You're going below the vibration mm. and your cup is full. Mm. Mm. And if your cup is full from already that, you're already going to function at a very low vibration. That is going to be insensitive to the person who's been vulnerable about how much you've hurt them. Mm. Because also being open about being hurt is, is a it mission. takes a lot it's of a mission. Yeah. So I'm going to cut that story short and yeah. say, you could also remove the how because it's subjected to a variable of the person being the consistent variable there that could dictate the how, the impact of the how and the what is how deep the cup is. 
That's you. how you can remove the how. You understand you. what I'm saying? Got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got you. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. I totally understand. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I don't think there's a clearer way of putting it because like it just landed in my spirit when you said that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because then it goes to completely unrelated, but I was just watching Love Dorsey on Instagram and she was talking about the fact that if you get into a relationship and you are a person that does internal work and you meet a person who is not engaged in doing internal work, you're going to drive yourself crazy. So it all goes to who your partner is and how well they do the work, right? Which is what you're saying. It, it depends on the cup of the receiver. Absolutely. But it also depends on the cup of the giver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? That's how you eliminate the how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You eliminate the how by saying, we are taking it for granted that everything is being done correctly. The person who's hurt is communicating with empathy, is is not being aggressive, is not trying to attack the other person. If that is the the whatever we're working with, now it comes to the, the receiver. Mm. Are you accountable enough? Are you open to hearing it? Etc. 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 If those are the grounds in which we're working from, then the how is irrelevant yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah, because yeah. then you've mastered the how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now we are talking high grade right now. Okay? That's what No, I this is this is high grade. That's, that's the, why you're talking about vibrations exactly. and reducing. Because this is some higher vibrational stuff. That's what I meant by that's the opposite end of it. That's okay. the cross. The okay. opposite end of in our disconnection, I can't even stand to be in your presence at yeah. the beginning, far yeah. back yeah. of things that I didn't know about that were just being projected on me energetically and I was picking up and they just forced me to close up, vice versa. The opposite end of that is this. Yeah. Where there's no how and what. Yeah. Just the cross. Yeah. The love that's long suffering. Yeah. So to speak, maybe it's a direct kind of almost direct, super it's almost almost overly direct, but yeah. Yes, it's literally the cross. I totally agree. And and my thing about it is, and, and where both of us are falling short, and as can be seen from this previous disconnection that this whole episode apparently was inspired by, is even those people that we see as being great, your llamas, your whoever's. They work. If you are not Buddha, bruv, you're still in here. You're That's still whack. in here grinding. There's things that you will do very well, and there's things that might be a bit of a challenge. I know personally for me, there's things that I struggle with. And I think a lot of us struggle with them as well. Accountability. I struggle with accountability sometimes. Struggle with being defensive. Struggle with other different things. You get what I'm saying? And I think the first stage is always acknowledging, like, I have a problem in this department. I have a problem. I'd like to see myself grow out of certain things that are not great certain things that are toxic certain things that are you know inhibiting my relationships or whatever it is and so the point is you're not an a student just because Yet. you do work or you'll never be you might never be mm. and if you're an a student you might be an 80 percent student but never a 98 percent. you get what i'm saying no. everybody struggles with something and the thing about life is it's just never gonna stop it's a constant journey of growth also and being put through the fire and being refined then back in the fire so also again yeah our perception of conflict 
and mm. strife in our relationships or mm. in relationships sometimes mm. it's wrong same as what this guy is saying mm. I, immediately as you're talking as you like finish i was like ah oh, man back to kobe i intentionally create tension and discomfort and discomfort between me and my new fellow teammates so we can have a break so that we can have a breakthrough of intimacy mm. so these things are mm. there they're tools even if you like right now sometimes it's just Something is just vibrating above you, Ralph. Sometimes, mm. when you look at look back at it, it's just like that was my ancestors orchestrating this situation because it was also time to grow to the next level mm-hmm. of intimacy. This was God. Maybe this was just God. This 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 one. It doesn't make sense from a logical perspective. Yeah. But the results of it are very physical. Yeah. In terms of experiencing them emotionally, but the influence of it is not there. Mm. Where sometimes. Yes, we can disconnect. Yes, we can get into fights in relationships, but some of them is not even even the smallest of things. Mm. Some of them are not a reflection of how shallow our cups of accountability are. Mm. That's God, that's your ancestors, that's the universe forcing, t- forcing growth onto you and chiseling mm. that cup mm. of accountability, mm. that cup of empathy, that mm. cup of intimacy with yourself and the next person, with yourself with your family, with yourself with other people. Absolutely. So sometimes it's not even about it's me. It's not the what. It's not or about the how. no, it's not it's the what. It's about you. Exactly. It's the cross, bro. It's the cross. It's you understand? The cross. So Be some on the cross. exactly. So Be sometimes the, the the universe, your yeah. God and, the, and the, your ancestors, all these powers orchestrate scenarios mm. that say, "Oh, by the way, it's time for you to go to the next mm. level." And it's always been like that. Mm. Challenges are there to test our faith, mm. to test our patience, mm. and then to test our perseverance mm. in our journey. Mm. Goes back to your point of 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 what this guy was saying of. A lot of people stop at conflict and not think about the reward at the end mm. of it. That and that's that where guy, it that ends. That was me. I said that. Was you? That was me. Oh, well well Baby. Come well on. Well done. Let me clap for you. Well done. Okay. That was nice. Yes. That's really what it is. Mm. Some people stop at the beginning and mm. not want to work for the reward at the end. The fear of going into that really uncomfortable space. Mm. The feeling of not wanting to... Be, even just being in that room yourself mm. to acknowledge there's dark parts of ourselves. Like even going back to this, I guess going back to Asia again, is like the yin and the yang. Sometimes your your, your darkness kind of dominates mm. your, 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 your light. Your light. Mm. And in any other translation is your carnal self sometimes overpowers your divine self which mm. is your spirit mm. which will always function out of love then what this i don't know if it's what you read it goes back to dabaya um um don't let love which sometimes get get stuck in yeah. in selfishness or yeah. strife or whatever let it not be the final thing that happens to it mm. and get let you have it, to protect it you have to protect it mm. you understand what mm. i'm saying so my thing is getting to that vibration takes time also, mm. we need to change the way we see conflict. Mm. We need to change even, and I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I'm leaving relationship stuff. Yeah. stuff. I'm leaving that. I'm going to our individual selves as human beings. Mm. I'm going to stop perceiving challenges and difficulties in your life as things inherently that negative. And as inherently negative, mm. they are there sometimes curated by God mm. intentionally. You, you better you 
to preach. Let me not preach like that, bro. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm making quick references. Sure. Yeah, sure, but sure. that's that's really what it is. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. the way. We, sometimes even as people ask God, say, "But why, why me? me? Why me? Why now? Yeah. Why in this moment? Yeah. If not you, who? Yeah. And sometimes God and your ancestors and the universe force you out of a space of of maybe sometimes even comfort. of comfort and sometimes self-pity mm. sometimes self-pity mm. the universe will push you out of self-pity the universe will push you out of comfort yeah, yeah. Will, will push you out of your aloof poor me energy mm. will push you out of your bad part they, it will press the ink out of you mm. it will press the bad parts out of you the, the parts that you don't want to go and do the work and reflect yeah. and do whatever. Yeah. The universe will just curate things that force you to really address yourself. Yeah. So even with relationships, sometimes it's not you. It's not the next person. Yeah. When you go it's back, just you're just like, oh, this is, a, this is a curated experience. Yeah. That is a bridge to something greater yes. than where we are now. Yes. Can it get any better? Clearly. Always can. Clearly. But if you're willing to do the work. Clearly. I, I feel like, and, and before this disconnect, but just generally when I was reflecting on the year and some of the challenges that we had this year, and I was just like, that's when my perception, I think, changed of what conflicts are or, or what disconnections are. And I think it's very important and critical that we named whatever that was with us disconnections because that's, that's really what it is. Yeah. Or... It's a milder way of looking at it already. It's not a fight. Yeah. It's not aggressive. It's yeah. not a conflict. In, in as much as we can be very emotional in those times, it, it's part of, I think very early on, we found that calling it a fight just isn't it doesn't make sense. right. It doesn't really Because also it didn't true. start like that. Because it didn't start like that. It, it really is just an energy thing of not being on the same frequency or wavelength in a particular moment. And then it becomes difficult to get back on that same frequency because now on the physical dimension, now it's just haywire. Now oh, yeah, there's yeah, emotions yeah, yeah. Like involved and, and it goes everywhere. So yeah. it's tough to get back to center. Yeah, yeah. So I think it was very crucial and I love that we did that because... That was the first part in unlearning that thing of people fight in relationships. They're not fights necessarily. So my thing is when you were talking and talking about how almost we need to reclaim the narrative of having conflicts within relationships. Start by naming them differently. I think for us, disconnection works. You need yeah, to yeah, name yeah. it something different so that it doesn't have the negative connotation of now it's a it's a clash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get me? Because once you do that, then... You You're controlling are, the narrative. Exactly. Yeah. It's easier for you to engage with it without fearing, oh, now now mm. or now, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm. it takes away the sting of it and it allows you to get into that space knowing that actually we're going to go through whatever this is. I want to understand as much as I can from this thing so that we can progress and get mm. to the other mm. side. Mm. And so I was thinking about it. I was like, in as much as it's terrible going through a disconnection. I'm so glad for every single one of them that we've had because on the After other side that, of it, look whoa, at us now. Like, that was insane. Our intimacy level, our, our clo and I'm talking about just emotional intimacy for those that want to be weird, but the intimacy level 
the level of, of openness and vulnerability that has come off the back of all of those other disconnections. And some of them were based on triggers. Some of them were based on small things or big things. And that's why I love what you're saying. It's sometimes an orchestrated scenario or experience that you're supposed to have from God, from the universe, from the ancestors, whoever you do your thing to. But sometimes it's just curated for you to learn about the next person. Going back to Kobe, if you instill discomfort in the situation, you're going to learn a lot about that person. You're going to learn about how that person responds under pressure how they communicate. You get what I'm saying? Like you're learning so many vital things that you wouldn't otherwise you're opening learn. that person up. Exactly. You yeah, wouldn't yeah. otherwise learn them if all it is is like, you know, we're, we're kissing Testistor, all day yeah, yeah. and we're like in love all day. Then you're not going to really get to know the core of the person. And low key, I feel like that's what happens in some marriages where we were so great and we went through our honeymoon phase and we were getting along the whole time and we never fought one time and now you're in a marriage. Boom. Here comes family. Here come all these different dynamics that are now starting to affect your relationship and it's only then that you're testing the waters like, oh my God, is this who this person really is? Mm. Is this person- is, that, is that how you behave is after that you? depression? Is this you? You don't really, you're not really sympathetic to me. You don't really know how to communicate. You don't really know how to listen. And that's where it starts to go to shambles. And when it starts to happen, the nat- the reaction that I feel a lot of people have is to shy away from it and be like, yo, I just want to go back to that good place. You'll never get to the good place if you don't go through the bad place. Also, you can't go from a good place into a bad place. That's, that's preparing you for a better place. Better place. And then you, you- want to regress no, 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 to no. the good place that you started from. No, now you're in a weird late. limbo. Late. Now you're in a weird limbo yo- between the good place, the bad place. And the better place. You're 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 no, everywhere and leave you're the better, nowhere. Listen. Better places and say what's wrong. Better place. It's it. it's the bad place because it's yeah. time to go to that other better place. Yeah. So what you're gonna do yeah. is you're gonna get tastes of the good licks of that good place at the back. And then now you're chasing the feeling of what that previous good time is, not knowing that there was so you're much taking better. selfies. That's, now you're taking selfies. That's the extreme. <laughs> that's the extreme I end think we of just solved it. it. Yeah, 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 we just solved it. That's yeah, what yeah. happens. Yeah. You don't want to go through the bad space. So you're constantly looking back on, look at how happy we were. You will never go back there again. It's but time what to you go, don't know I, is you could have been in a way better place than that table. That's what it is, Rav. Rav, this is what it is. That's what I meant, like the extreme ends of things. Mm. I am posting for social something, but I'm not okay mm. because it's something that I wish for that I don't have now, but I'm not dealing with because I'm suppressing it and I'm not even trying to go through it right now. Yeah. Then your mind does a whole algorithm and presses out of your skin an Instagram post <laughs> that is not the direct reflection of your life. I hate you. The extreme end of... When we have really terrible conflict is the reward that awaits us at the end of it. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm. That's really what it is. Mm. So we need to learn. Low key, high key, check on your really positive friend. <laughs> I you think see? It, check. You see? Check on them. You see? Go out for a drink. Go out for lunch. Ha- go out to the park. Uh, just, just check on all your positive friends because you never know. You, you really never know what anybody is going through. And I, I think 
that's one of my favorite things, memes, whatever that I've seen on the internet recently, maybe in the last year or two, which is always be good to the next person because you have no idea what that person is going through. Particularly those of your people who are always positive and those of your people who are perceived to be very strong. Mm Mm-hmm. Check on those people. You see? Check on them, people. People that are always there for other people. Check on them. Check those people. Check People who are always there for other people. But don't also, check on also, me. Also, also stop being selfish. Just let other people talk. If you have a friend who always is like listening to your problem, one time for the one time, just hear that person out. Like, what's going on with you and your life? You might be surprised at what you hear. Yeah. Anyway, bruv. Thank you so much. If you made it to the end, you are a real one. Thank you so much for listening and supporting us. Sobs, you can do a little sign no, off. No, this is your ting. podcast, bro. It's like supporting us. Supporting you, bro. This is your podcast, bro. Can you do a sign off like a normal person? Uh, yeah, thank you, everyone that listened. Hopefully, whatever it is that you got from like the conversation and the discourse and the back and forth was helpful. You know, sometimes it's just a matter of finding things that could be applicable in your own context. Thank you so much to everybody. Again, everything that we say on these or during these conversations, obviously are our opinions, our experiences, and you should take whatever is applicable to you in the moment and, you know, take everything with a grain of salt. But if you have found any thing useful in this conversation today thank you so much for hearing me out and see you next time for the next one peace